Welcome to the EDM Producer Podcast. This is the show where we interview EDM producers from around the world and ask them about how they produce their songs, their software, their hardware, production techniques, marketing stuff too, all kinds of info to help you guys out there become better producers and get your music out there. So let's get started. As usual, we always have an awesome producer, an awesome guest on the show. Today is no different. We have Perik Prince joining us from the UK. Hello there. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah. Now, do you go by Perik or Prince or what's the, the proper way to address you? Oh, let's go with just the full title, I suppose. Perik Prince. All right. All right. I don't want to, uh, you know, offend any type of Prince out there. Uh, no yep. trees in there. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get right into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the type of music that you do? All right. Well, I focus mainly on sort of ambient stuff. I'm trying to mainly, I don't know, I wouldn't say I stick to a genre as such. It's more about sort of portraying environments and sort of here's a situation, here's a world, and I'll try and use music to sort of exploit. That sounds really pretentious, but that's, that's what I sort of try to do. <laughs> that sounds good. It sounds intellectual, if anything. Um, yeah. I appreciate that. And I, I hear it in your music. Your SoundCloud is, it's all over the map in a good way. And it seems like you like your piano a lot. That's what I get out of it. Oh, yes. It's instant atmosphere if you just put a piano on. Exactly. And it sounds great. So how did you get started writing EDM? Oh, it was a, a curiosity mostly because I'd always thought maybe, maybe try it, maybe not. And I sort of maybe acquired FL Studio in some reason. And I played about with it for a bit, but got bored of it very quickly. And then, you know, brazen gesture of teenage romance, my girlfriend's birthday was coming up and I thought, you know what would be really romantic? If I write her an album. And so a I actually whole had to, album? A whole, well, an EP, I suppose. <laughs> okay. And so I, I had to get really stuck into it and actually learn. And by the end of that month, I thought I was right so far into it that I had to just continue anyway. <laughs> That's good motivation, man. That's pretty romantic. Yeah, I know. Did you? So you said you started with FL Studio and you're still with it, or you didn't like it? Yeah, uh, no, I, I stuck with it. Obviously, okay, acquiring good. it more. Yeah, that's what you're. That's what you're using right now. Yeah, um, I just, I guess it's a habit, but I, it's mm-hmm. also pretty good. It does what I want it to all of the time, and obviously. I feel like I couldn't do without the piano roll if I switched. Right, right. Now, what else besides the piano roll do you like? What are some of the uh, things that really keep kept you into FL Studio? Uh, well, I'm not sure if um, other doors do this, but the way that you can instantly just select uh, from a range of scales and just paste them instantly in. And so if I want to just get like created, start right away, then I can just pick a scale and pick all of the notes that I want and get cracking. Oh, that's pretty cool. So it just, on the piano roll, it'll just show the notes in that scale? Yeah, you can plot down chords and stuff, which is pretty good if you're not as familiar with the notation as I am. Gotcha. That's very cool. Now, I'll ask you this right up front. Um, sounds like you are into the piano. So do you play a lot of your music into the DAW or do you program it? Oh, um, for rhythm, I, w- I would try and like tap along, but I don't currently have a MIDI keyboard, so it's sort of just clicking on things and maybe humming but i do like like to click it all in because then you get a more of a control over it i suppose oh, i would have never guessed with some some of those piano parts you're just clicking them in yeah wow very cool it really pays if you edit all the little velocities of the sample because it because then it does sound live and you throw in a little bit of reverb and you're good to go 
Well, you fooled me. I, I definitely thought you played that in. So tell us about your workflow. How do you write a song? Um, I'd always try and get a concept down first. Like if I'm walking or whatever, an idea suddenly strikes me, I'd want to get that down instantly. I feel like if you write a song aimlessly, it's not going to have much of a, a structure. So I'd always try and think of like a hook for the song. So, oh, this is uh, really out there, piano, drum step or whatever. That's the first thing that will come to my mind. And I'll try and keep that idea um i just yeah my one thing i do try not to do is use templates so like if you might think to make yourself more efficient you might set out a basic dmb template or whatever with all the drums and stuff set up but i find that might actually limit you because then you're not feeling as experimental i suppose i'm with you on that i love just a blank slate when i'm starting a song now when you get a concept or an idea that strikes you what's the quickest way you get it into your daw um well, first thing to consider is obviously instrumentation. Like, obviously you're a concept, then you know exactly what sort of instruments you want to use orchestrally-wise and maybe synth-wise. So it's always good to get those down. Uh, and then you just play about with melodies and chord progressions until something really hits home. Very cool. Can you tell us some other cool production tips that you've acquired through your FL uh, Studio days? Yeah, I feel like when people are trying to think about what they could do to change their sound. They always look at the big things, like new plugins and new whatever, new this, new that. But I find like even the tools in your door, are, like something as simple as volume automation. So you can just like gate your bass and it will instantly give it a new like characteristic that it wouldn't have had before. Hmm. So it's still, um, and things like going into the composition wise. And if you edit like one note that you have playing for a bar and you just put it into a ton of little sixteenths and it might sound a bit more, groovy so i'd say try and look at composition before sound design like if you've got a good sound you like try and see really how you can push that sound instead of just continuing to tweak that's an awesome tip and i hear that in your songs i hear you like glitching out a piano note that's pretty uncommon yeah it's i don't know it's it's a nice bit of swing that makes it not feel as gridlocked i suppose yeah yeah i like it cool many other tips um, keep notes so that if you're at a, a certain point and you have an idea, make sure you don't lose that because the many few times you have inspiration, you really want to keep on to that for the times that you don't. So when you say take notes, like audio notes, like just program in your idea immediately and just put it to the side? Uh, yeah, if you're doing, I mean, in FL, there's actually a notepad, like plugin you can use. So I tend to just use that and just, if I think something might work, but I want to work on compressing the drums or whatever at the current moment, I'll stick it down for later. So I don't forget. Very cool. So where do you go to learn and improve your own EDM skills? Um, probably I think the most influential thing for me has been Reddit. I mean, I know it's sort of circle jerky and you can eventually get, misinformation but it sort of encourages the discussion encourages you to look at things from different angles because obviously i've got my like way of looking at things but then there's other people who yeah so the reddit edm production group yeah that's um i go there occasionally oh so there's other places on reddit you go uh well not really i try to actually stay productive in my life (laughs) okay okay very cool That is a great group. And I go there less than I should go. I should be over there more because every time I go there, there's something interesting to see. Yeah, there's always new things that I'd never even thought about. And then, you know, I just might use it as inspiration. Right. And there's some really killer people over there that just, 
the free information that they give and the tutorials that they post are really nice. I think one of the guys' name is Satterwick. Um, yeah, I think I've seen one of those videos. Yeah. Yeah. He's always doing something and he's really good. Yeah. It's definitely a very valuable resource to have. Definitely. So who were your influences when you got started? Oh, probably all of the old sort of nineties, uh, I beat the sort of house things that I was very much listening to when I was growing up. People like, oh, I don't know. Well, this is a bit of a story, but there was a, a very old group, and by old I mean not that old, but they were called Brainbug. And what they would basically do is they would be sort of house, but they'd use like real orchestral instruments. And I remember there was this one track with a cello in it, and it just had so much power that like the other uh, EDM wouldn't use. And I found that quite inspirational. Wow, like making making EDM with real instruments. Uh, yeah, I think it was literally just a sample, but I think it was uh, enough. <laughs> That's almost like DM. Not yeah. <laughs> okay. Anybody else who uh, influenced you? Uh, not that I can think of right now. No. <laughs> That's like, well, who do you like right now? Who do you think is really killing it? Uh, right now, I'm quite into uh, Chromio, the electro-funk duo. They've sort of busted out into the UK top 40 right now, and they're homogenizing their sound a bit, which is a shame, because some of their older stuff is really out there. Oh, uh, yeah, they probably got uh, some record company manager in their year saying to make their stuff sound more commercial or oh yeah it's always a shame when that happens isn't it <laughs> chromia i gotta check them out they're called chromio yes oh chromio yeah nice how about uh, marketing your music what do you find is the most effective way to get the word out get your tunes um, out there people listening to them Obviously, the people nearest to you are going to be the most valuable ones. So you want to look at friends and see who's just genuinely interested in your music if you're starting up, because they will be a valuable help if they are always sharing your stuff or telling people about it. Right, right. Um, another thing I found that works quite well is if you mix different styles of media together. So if you wanted, if you to find a graphic designer or something, and you wanted to animate a music video or something, that would definitely pull more people in, make them interested. Hmm. So just to make uh, your videos, your YouTube videos more interesting, I actually pull in another artist. Uh, yeah, it's sort of uh, more of an appeal to every sort of sense. Like if you were to have a story going along with the music, it gives it a lot more meaning without you having to do very much more. Right. And it have you done that? Um, I've toyed around with it. With a, I was setting myself a challenge to do write a song a week, as I think most people have done in a New Year's <laughs> resolution, the sort of thing you do. <laughs> That's right. Um, but to keep myself guided, because obviously it's very difficult to come up with something original every week, was I tried to like, write a bit of a really cringy story along with it. Um, and so that helped me keep on track. And I thought it was more interesting because then I wasn't just churning out random song after random song. There was a sense of progression for it. So you wrote a story and kind of made a soundtrack to it along as you went along the way? Yeah, pretty much. All right. That's pretty cool. Now, did you ha do you have any YouTube videos up there where you, you got another animate, an animator to uh, help you out with the video and stuff? Uh, unfortunately, that's just a pipe stream. <laughs> okay. I You're like, seen, it's a good I've, idea, but I haven't done yeah, it yet. I haven't done it, but no. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen places where it works, definitely. I, I agree with you. I think it's, it definitely makes it more interesting. And I don't know. A lot of times I'll look up a song I really like on YouTube and there is a story attached to it and they do a whole movie basically for it. Yeah. And I find myself, Oh my, I'm like, wow, I didn't even listen to the song. I was watching this movie the whole time. 
it, it just makes your work of art more cohesive as a whole instead of just a, an empty song it's got something more attached to it and i think that's quite special and you wouldn't see that very often yeah and and, hey, and you have the opportunity too i mean youtube's there for that so hmm. there you go now do you dj oh no i don't do you plan on doing that um probably not because the sort of stuff i write i wouldn't be able to spin into a mix really well, what do you think about performing EDM? Like, how would you go about it if somebody said, I want you to play at my party or my concert? How would you do it? Um, oh, that is quite a difficult question. It would probably end up with me turning up with a pre-prepared mix and pressing play and pretending like I was doing something. <laughs> That's not very good advice, is it? Just fake it. Hey, I know many a DJ who have done that. <laughs> yeah, if you can get and, away with it, it's fine. Yeah, I think Paris Hilton did that one time. Um. Yeah, the, I, I've I've toyed around. It, there's an interesting website. It's called streetjelly.com. Did you ever hear of that? Uh, no, unfortunately not. I was looking a couple years ago about ways to make on money online playing my music. And I stumbled oh. across this site called Street Jelly, which is basically like being a street musician on a webcam. And, the, peop- and the people actually tip you who watch you on their web, like watch the video that you're putting out. So it's like you're on the street, but you could do it from like your room, you know, and you're not really on the street, but it's, it's like that whole vibe where you're just playing for people and whoever comes by and watches, they could tip you uh, with real money. That Uh, does sound very good. Yeah. Everybody should definitely check it out. The guy who runs it named Frank, awesome guy, incredible site. It's a killer community. Um, You'll find actually most of the time when you get on the site, a lot of the other artists will be watching you you and tipping you. <laughs> so there's mm. community forms and it's really, really nice. But anyway, I started playing EDM on there live for the first time as practice. Yeah. And it's a great place to practice. And I just would fire up Ableton and see what I could do with it. So that's something I recommend. Yeah. Now let's get into the gear section here. This is actually yeah. my favorite part. I actually started this podcast because I wanted to talk about gear. Oh dear. <laughs> Sweats nervously. <laughs> Tell me about your favorite soft synth. Oh, I'm going to have to say massive. I'm so sorry for saying massive, but it's <laughs> it's versatile. It's whatever you need it to do. You can just lay it out and it sounds good. And the, the, the other thing I really like is the modulation, like the subtle sort of things you can do to just evolve your sound. What part yeah. of massive do you use like to do the modulation and what do you like? to really mess around with in massive um probably the um voicing and the sort of unison things you can do because you can mm. get it all the way up to a whole other octave so it's quite trippy to play about with that with the unison being spread over an entire like thing hmm it's pretty cool all right what about effects plugin you have any favorite effects um i do like playing around with choruses and using them on like natural samples of instruments being played because i find that quite interesting Uh, i use all stock plugins so (laughs) nothing interesting to say about that but yeah i find like using a chorus on something that's not really meant to have a chorus on it usually always produces something you might be able to use or interesting yeah that's very cool and the stock plugins in fl studio are great they are very well obviously evidenced by the fact that i haven't really looked outside of them but mm. yeah you're saving some money now, what about hardware? What's your favorite piece of hardware, if you do use that? Hardware? Uh, I don't have much. I do have um, an effects processor of a, called a Chaos Pad. Mm-hmm. But I got that primarily for 
beatboxing and sort of more performance-based music. So I guess if I was perform, I'd use that. But I've never really... I've used it a couple of times within FL. It's a little bit annoying having to bounce everything, like getting it all working and whatever. But it's... I don't know if I'd recommend it, to be honest. <laughs> well, that's the thing about hardware. It's, it's so fun to play with live, but yeah. then when you try to incorporate it into your doll, there's so much easier ways that are in the box. It's just, a, it's tough because Artoria makes some great cheap, like uh, analog synths, the mini brute, yeah. micro brute. Oh, they sound incredible. They but well, then you got to go through the trouble of recording them into audio and all this stuff. Anyway, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Um, the chaos pad though i have seen people use that especially live and what is it for people who don't know what it is exactly is it a synth or is it an effect it is uh, an effects processor with an eight by eight grid okay. and it's sort of a, a touchpad and it has lights on it and you scroll through the effects and wherever you touch on the touchpad it will have a different degree of effect and you can sort of do sweeping motions and there's also a little bit of a dj thing and that you can record um, a beat if it's playing for however many bars it'll beat match to it and then you can loop that and play about with it so when you're looping the beats you play a f- and, and you touch the pad what does it do just play effects it puts the beat through certain effects or it actually alters the beat uh, it will process it through an effect so gotcha. if you want to if you're putting on a, one of those really cheesy loopers that lots of DJs like to use like sort of as you drag your hand over to the right side of the pad it will speed up in different like quantizations and stuff I see I see cool so do you use studio monitors or headphones and, and what do you like to listen to your music through um, headphones I do just use a mundane pair of Sony's because I figure most people are going to be using a mundane pair, so I might as well try and mix for that. <laughs> How does that work out for you? Um, not brilliantly, because <laughs> I've played I've played things on like uh, home. Like the one time I thing I like to use, which is a, a house I no longer live at anymore, was there was a just a home cinema system of just a sound, and that was quite interesting mixing on that because it was very clear and you get more of a sort of acoustic sense of what's going on. Oh yeah, good home stereo system. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. No, for headphones, I'd say always have a pair of Apple earbuds on you because if you're producing the sort of EDM that most people want to listen to, they're probably going to be listening to it on those. Probably. So just just keep it around and see how it sounds on them. <laughs> it's sad but true. Good advice. What's the most successful action you've done so far in your music career? Um, can I say not quit? <laughs> yeah. So, so a good way to sort of shoehorn in a really self-helpy style preach. But I feel like there are many times when I've just felt like giving up because I've had a, a lot of inspiration. And it's quite easy just to sort of fall out of the practice of making songs and stuff. So probably because I feel like if you're dedicated enough, it's only a matter of time before you get big or someone notices you or you've reached a level of production that you really enjoy. So since it's a matter of if not when, you really just got to keep going. That's if so true. When, That's so true. Yeah. Well, well, tell me, um, what are some things that have caused you to want to give up? Uh, it's mostly inspiration-based, where if you can't think of anything good, and I sort of have a thing where, someone, you might uh, be familiar with this, but you'll write a song, and it'll be kind of better than all the other stuff you've written and then you try and write another song and it's not as good as the song you just written right, right. and it feels like you've sort of plateaued and you can't really write anything better and then you, you mull over it for a bit <laughs> what happens to me is I'll, I'll write something and then I'll hear something 
on online oh God, or yes. Sirius XM. Yeah. And then I go, wow, I don't, mine didn't even compare to that. Yeah, that is, that's horrible. You just got to keep your head down really and try and get better. <laughs> well, tell me, how did you, how did you handle that when that happened to you? You just slept um, on it and woke up the next day and said, I'll try it again or? You have to, well, it's like if I've written a drum step track that I feel like I really couldn't top at my current like skill set, then you got to try and write in a different genre. you got to try and force yourself to do something like unique. And so that's why I've been taking more of a, an ambient or orchestral take recently because I don't yet have the ability to top the electric track that I want to. So I'm sort of exploring other areas and that because they can be good in different ways, <laughs> it helps you feel good about yourself. Which track can't you top? Uh, extrovert? Uh, it's introvert, yeah. Introvert? I like extrovert. Yeah, they, they're both very different beasts. So, Yeah, both good songs. Thank you. What's the best advice you could give an aspiring producer right now? Uh, to be a producer, you have to live as a producer, and that means dedicated practice. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not going to like work itself. If you really want to get better, then I would say stop. Uh, whatever you're doing and just get straight in the studio and try things out. Very sage advice, man. You're giving very good wisdom this show. I have to admit, I'm agreeing with oh, everything you're you. saying. Yeah. And it's amazing what comes out of you when you just practice, you know, it's like, yeah, every time I practice, I just hunker down. I go, okay, I'm just going to write today just cause I want to better make my skills better. I learned mm -hmm. some new trick or I learned some new dial on a synth I never touched before. And I learned something new. And if you just keep multiplying that, you're going to exponentially get better. Yeah. It's so. the spirit of discovery. Yeah. That's it's good what, advice. Mm -hmm. So which of your songs are you most proud of? Um, uh, I'm going to say the cheesy thing of wherever I took a new step in a different direction. Um, but the bottom line of that is basically introvert. Uh, introvert? Yeah. I've sort of, it's the pianos really of, spent a lot of time meticulously editing them to get them to sound like good and real and live. And so it's nice sort of effect of the liveness. And then obviously I spent more time tinkering around with all the basses. Sure. Really with basses, you want to try and get a good flow between them. So like Complexter or whatever, isn't just random basses playing one after the other. It's really difficult to sort of get them to actually lead into each other. Yeah. It's a good point. And you're, you know, you have to deal with keys and musicality yeah. and all kinds of stuff too. So mm. now those were two songs we just talked about. I'm sure people are going to want to hear them now. So where can people yeah. find you and your music? Uh, if you'd like to engage with me, then get active on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Prince. That's where I've sort of, I'm trying to talk to people and I'll be all right if you want to say hi. But if you want to just listen to my stuff, I'll be on SoundCloud or YouTube and it's soundcloud.com slash Peric Prince. It is Peric dash you Prince. Might, might want to spell that, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to do that. <laughs> it's P-Y-R-R-H-I-C dash Prince. Yeah. Glad you made that easy for everybody. Yeah, and YouTube has more stuff on it because SoundCloud. I'm not going to buy a pro account. <laughs> there you but go. If you scroll all the way back, you'll see some of the first songs that I've written and how terrible they are. And maybe you can take inspiration from that. <laughs> there you go. Any last words you would like to give to the uh, folks before we end off? Uh, the person who's going to love your creations most is yourself. It's a hobby. So enjoy it. Brilliant, man. Really good stuff. I really enjoyed chatting with you and it gave great yeah. information. It's going to really help people out there. So thank you. No, thank you.
Awesome. And that's going to be it for the EDM producer podcast for today. Guys, if you like the show, subscribe to it. If you're on Android, you could grab the RSS feed. If you're on Apple, you could go to iTunes and download it. Any subscriptions to the show would be much appreciated. And you'll automatically get the show downloaded to your device every time we release one. So check that out. Thank you everyone again for listening. And here is Peric Prince's song, Extrovert. (laughs) 